About a mile further on, past where the old salt way abutted the road, lies the hamlet of Doe Bank. The last place God made, George Burford said many times as he walked that road where the grass grew green up the middle. The horse traffic kept the limestone lane free of grass, apart from the ribbons of green in the centre. At Doe Bank stood a rather grand Victorian house, the Laurels, with fifteen acres of hobby farm below. Cottages dating from about the same time as the house were built in a quadrangle surrounding a little grassy paddock. Here, hens, chickens, geese and some goats competed for space with the children of the hamlet. John and Jane Bushell were from the black country where John was a successful solicitor. He had one daughter, Maud, they would come to the big house for weekends. Ted Green lived at Dobank too with his mother and father. They occupied one of the spacious cottages in the quadrangle. Life at Dobank moved at a leisurely pace, and they all enjoyed it. John Bushell was a generous man. He loved his gun and was often invited to Hawthorne Farm to the pheasant shoots in the woods. He did stutter, although that seems to have had little effect on his work as a solicitor, as he was prosperous. He employed a cowman with a little herd of shorthorns, a chauffeur who helped at haymaking, and a couple of maids who lived in when the family were away, and made the butter, collected the eggs, and looked after the poultry. The place was a little palace in the wilds. As time went on, Ted Green left Dobank. John and Jane Bushell died, and Maud was left as the last of the family. Maud had been mother-smothered, it is true. And when the prospect of marriage came along, her parents had overruled it. Maud suffered from the breakup of the romance, and she became a recluse. The firm of solicitors made her a ward of court and engaged a chap called Bob Cooper to live in. In the long run, maybe this was not a good move. But Bob at least made sure the bills were paid, with money from the solicitors. He looked after the garden, and he kept the house warm. But he and Maud saw little of each other. She went to bed most of the day and was up and about at night. Before Maud's parents died, they had engaged a housekeeper. The chauffeur was ordered to take her on Sunday nights to Asian Chapel. The coalman, the milkman, and the travelling shop called at the Laurels, so Moore did have some company during the week. It was at that time, too, that Phil Grafton sometimes went to supper there with his wife, Mary. But things changed dramatically when the housekeeper died and Bob Cooper ruled. Phil still visited Maud, feeling so sorry for her. And when the butcher brought the weekend joint, Phil marvelled at the size of the leg of lamb not to mention the slice of rump steak on the side of the plate. What's the steak for, Maud? Phil was puzzled. Oh, Maud replied, that's for Bob's supper. The mobile shop came with young Peter, who carried the order into the kitchen. Bob checked the provisions, then said, You haven't brought the body mist. It was then that Phil knew that half the stuff off the van was being flogged by Bob at the pub. When the solicitors were informed, they said it was the best of a bad job, 
Who else would stay with Maud? She had become a pathetic sight, with only her cats as company. Generous with what money she could get from Bob, she bought cat food for the folk in the hamlet and the village. Phil noticed that the valuable paintings in the sitting room were disappearing a few at a time. Where is the oil painting from over the fireplace? he asked. Maud's answer was, Oh, Bob's put it away safe upstairs. Phil knew that travelling second-hand merchants had been to the door of the laurels, and Bob had sold these valuables in a trice. He also knew that every weekend Bob's divorced wife came by bus to Doebank and that she returned to Worcester with big full shopping bags.